welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi. I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. We are in the second part of a four-part series. We started last week. Uh, I don't know if you'll be lost uh, if you didn't see last week because I'm going to review real quick. Um, but these are kind of the 20 top things that can ruin your life or detract from your life. And we want to fix every one of them. Although most people don't have every one of them, but almost everyone has three or four of these. Okay? So if we go over one that does not apply to you, that's cool. You may know someone it applies to. Just wait for the one that does apply to you. I've never had a single client ever who didn't have one or two of these that were negatively affecting their life. Okay? So um, that's where we are. All right, so our postulate, the truth about the fear-love continuum. We uh, talked about that last week. Everything is sort of on that continuum. And the, we talked about the bell curve and how for most issues, 80% of people are in what you would call the average, for whatever that is. Um, playing tennis or, um, um, I don't know, singing. Um, your work, are you in the, are you average as an engineer? Are you average as a doctor or nurse? Are you average as a sanitation engineer? Are you average as a uh, domestic provider? Are you average as a parent? Are you average as a spouse? Or are you exceptional or poor or need improvement. I'm not going to say this is like bad. This is need improvement. All of us need improvement. All right. So don't beat yourself up over that. Just do it and improve. Okay. Be like the 1% that actually changes as opposed to the 99% that don't change. Even if they try a number of things in their life. Uh, they, they, they may do better for a week, a month, 
three months, that's about as long as it gets. Usually after about 40 days, they revert back, unless it's been real internal change, which is what we're after, which God can do with a word, a snap of his fingers, a wave of his hand, a thought. Um, we need to make sure we've got our priorities, attitudes, intentions right, uh, according to Scripture, according to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, according to um, our conscience, okay? And keep moving farther and farther over. So if you're poor, let's get you to average. If you're average, let's get you to exceptional. If you're exceptional, let's get you to world-changing. How about that? Or family-changing. Or your life-changing, okay? Um, so on all of these issues you're talking about, I would, you know, make just some little notation. Where do you see yourself on the bell curve? Do you see yourself as exceptional here, which would be like a, a plus six or seven to plus 10? Do you see yourself lacking, which would be like a minus 10 to a minus maybe six? Or do you see yourself as like from minus four to plus four, kind of average, all right? And then you can track that over time as you work and heal that issue, or God heals it, okay? Um, for every psychological, emotional well-being issue, there is a legal and professional criteria. Uh, it's called the DSM-5, okay? And it's the, uh, I should have my DSM-4. When I was in school, I had DSM-4. So that's the one I've got. Um, I shouldn't have had that here. I, I forgot, sorry. But it's about this thick, all right? At least the four was. Uh, the five is probably even thicker. But no matter what your problem, mental health, emotional well-being, relational, anger, sadness, low self-worth, rejection, unforgiveness, all those things, okay, your identity, um, for every one of those things, there's a criteria. And the DSM-5 criteria is this. What are the symptoms? How often does it occur? How big are the recurring instances? And what are the, what are the results? What are the, what's the negative impact it has on your life? All right? Well, about each of these issues we're talking about, we talked about the first five last week, you can, also, you can apply these four. And I would encourage that. Maybe put a one by the dot on the line that is uh, my symptoms. My symptoms are at a minus three or at a plus two or whatever. And then write what the number one symptom is, anger or whatever. How often does it occur? So let's say it's every day. That would probably be minus five, minus six, minus seven. Let's say it's once a year. That might be plus six or something. So you could put a two, and then by how, how often does it occur? Number three, when it does recur, how big a deal is it? Is it, is it just a minus one, so it's not that big a deal? Uh, still like to fix it, but it's not a huge thing. Or is it like a minus eight, where, okay, even if this doesn't happen but once a year, it's so big when it happens that it disrupts your life or the family or work or whatever it is. And then, uh, and then number four, 
what are those results? So you would put, again, minus 10 to plus 10, how bad or negative the results are. Uh, obviously, the worst result, probably, is death. Now, worse than death would be lost, going to hell, all right? But we don't, well, some, some people think about that a lot. Uh, we tend to think more of death. And actually, the fear response, another name for the fear response is the death response. Um, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, fight or flight. But it is only supposed to happen if we are close, like in the next 15 minutes, to real actual death. So that would be like a minus 9 or 10 probably. But if the result was just, you know, maybe a little bit of sadness, like a minus 2, all right, well... We want to we improve that, but the effect isn't too great. And if, you, and if you did all of those on the line, then one look at that line and whatever that particular line is about, one look at it gives you all four of these. So you can see the, uh, the, the, minus, the minus 10 to plus 10 on the symptoms, how often, how big, and how bad are the results when it does happen which I think can be very, very helpful. And you can, you can keep tracking all of those as it heals. And what we've noticed over the years is that the more people track it, the faster it heals in them. Okay? So if you want it to heal faster, try tracking it and see what happens. And then last week we gave the example about anxiety. This is straight from the DSM-5. Uh, this is general anxiety, generalized anxiety disorder, excessive anxiety and worry occurring more days than not for at least six months about a number of events or activities. The person finds it difficult to control the worry. So if that was true of you, then you would qualify for generalized anxiety disorder, and then you could plot that, that anxiety on our diagnostic line to see where these four components of your anxiety are, which gives you a one-glance picture at your anxiety um, paradigm, so to speak, okay? But this is just one example, uh, generalized anxiety. That's maybe the most popular, biggest diagnosis in the world right now, but it could be anything. It could be depression, unforgiveness, low self-worth, rejection, a health issue. It could be a physical health issue. Go through the same ones, even with the physical, all right? Uh, the, medical, the medical criteria would be pretty much the same, okay? And Dr. Ben used to, used to lecture about that all the time. He would say, being a medical doctor, people think we're, you know, some god or something. And Dr. Ben would say, basically, what we do is very similar to if you went into a hardware store and said, okay, I need two-inch nails of this penny I need uh, however, whatever size and number of screw. I need whatever size and number of these planks. Whatever you need for your fix-it job, okay? Well, Dr. Ben said, medicine's like that. We go through these criteria of symptoms, and then we just go to the book. And in medicine, it's not the DSM-5. It's the... Um, the uh, physician's desk reference, the PDA, which is their Bible, but it's pretty much the same. 
They come in, you gather this information about the symptoms, how often they occur, how big, what are the results, and then the doctor either has it memorized or goes into his office after he steps out of the examining room and he goes to the PDA, looks it up, looks up this set of symptoms to see what drug or health problem or surgery might be indicated, okay? Uh, so you can really use this for virtually anything in life that, is, that you would consider a problem. Okay, um, last week we dealt with these. Um, the biggest problem, brainwashing or cult issues. Um, what, people tend to overestimate these, okay? They'll have a brainwashing issue, but they think they don't. They'll, they'll have a cult issue like I did, but they think they don't, just like I thought I didn't. Uh, so how do you know if you really have it? You can't get out of it. You would like to change it, but you can't seem to change it. And maybe you don't know why, all right? The expectation that's the happiness killer and spikes your stress every single time. And almost everybody does expectation. Almost everybody. All right? What does that mean? It means almost everybody's in stress, which we know is the truth. The popsicle continuum, you can have kind of a hidden trauma. A psychologist, psychiatrist, or medical doctor would look right at that memory and say, well, that one's not the problem, when in reality, it is the problem. And until you fix that, your presenting problem is probably not going to get much better. And then ancestral, that's the sins of the fathers passed down. All right, so that was last week. This week, um, well, before we go to this week, let's, let's just review for a second. The, here's the diagnostic line, although I've, I've done another one on the whiteboard that I'm going to show you in a minute. So analyze each continuum issue or just a prayer gut level response and number on the line. Then test for a hidden number if you want to. This, this is optional completely. And issue that on the continuum. That would be the love explosion protocol where you fill in a few little blanks about pulling your problem apart because the more you pull it apart, the weaker it gets, the easier to heal, and the faster to heal. All right? So this one's optional, but I would try it if you never have because it can again, cause the problem to heal much faster, more completely, etc. And at some point, if you get too far to the negative, you'll feel like you don't have a choice. I can't change this, all right? Almost any problem you can have takes years to develop. So you may think that nothing's happening as you try to heal these things with, with the things that we talked about. Um, and of course, uh, God in prayer, all right? But you can't always tell by how you feel if it's healing or not. And last week I referenced that about 50% of the people when we were doing testing with the Healing Codes and Trilogy said I didn't feel anything, but the medical tests say, said they had just had a result that is not only good, but the according to the literature, it may be impossible. So they've had this enormous, incredible internal healing shift. But when we ask them, did you feel anything? Nah. And that is totally normal. It happens in mainstream medicine all the time too. 
okay? You go in because you start having a pain and the doctor tells you you've got cancer. Well, ask the doctor, how did I get this and when did it start? You know what his answer will be? We don't have any idea. It may have been in you for 10 years and we just didn't have any tests that would pick it up and it wasn't bad enough for you to have symptoms yet, okay? So, you can't always go by how you feel. Just keep doing the right stuff, praying without ceasing and all the spiritual stuff. And if you want to, the hands-on healing work that we've given you for free, and that, that stuff is all there, and all of the diagnostics and all of the, like, uh, the belief profiling and, and all of that. So you can identify the problem and start work on it to make it better. Okay. All right, and then we ended here last time. The unexamined life is not worth living. That's why we're doing this, all right? And, uh, and Scripture says some very, very similar things, although probably even more powerful and pointed about examining your life than Socrates was, okay? So that's the review. That's the review. So let me bring out my whiteboard and let's get to this week. Okay, so we already went through those. This was last week. Uh, Psalm 139, there's a whole bunch of these scriptures, but here's one of my favorites. Uh, David said, search me, O God, number one. Number two, know me in my heart and mind. Search me and know me in my heart and mind. Number three, and see if there's any harmful way in me. And then four, if there is a harmful way, lead me to the everlasting way. Okay? And, um, and I think this is a fantastic little four-step self-examining diagnostic, but we can do this too. Now, you can't know everything that's in your heart, because part of that is unconscious and subconscious, but you can know some of the stuff, and even if you have something in your unconscious that you can't remember, you can probably remember something related, and when you heal the related thing, the one you don't know about will tend to heal as well. And we've had that happen regularly for 21 years, and it'll heal going back hundreds of years to you know, great, 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 great grandmother or grandfather or uncle or cousin or whatever, okay? All right, so today, we did these last week. So what do we want to put on the continuum today? And here's the how I do it. I, I don't just put, like we had on the PowerPoint, just for convenience, you know, zero, negative five, negative 10, zero, plus five, plus 10. I've got all of them. Plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Uh, I'm sorry, those are all minus. And then on this side, plus one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so I would take every issue, or, or an issue I feel like is an issue for me, and, and I would start with just two or three, the two or three biggest out of these uh, 20 that we're addressing last week, today, and then the next two weeks. So the first one is your circumstances. Uh, where do you rate your circumstances? Minus 10 to plus 10. The house that you live do you have enough money to maintain the lifestyle you're living? If not, that causes pressure and stress, all right? 
How about the people you live with? Do you get along with them well or not so well? All right? How about yourself? Are you living an authentic life? Or are you one person in public and another person behind the scene? Okay? What are your circumstances? Are you happy with your life circumstances? Okay? Which is virtually all external. Okay? But how are you with those? We know that the old stress test back in the 50s and stuff would be paper and pencil and they would say things like, has your house burned down in the last two years? Has someone close to you died in the last two years? Do you have enough money to do uh, the necessary and maybe a few things that you also enjoy? And by, by identifying those circumstantial things, they would come out to the patient or client and say, yeah, you're, you're, what we're getting from the test is you're stressed at about, you know, they wouldn't put it on a line like this, but they would say, you're, you're, let, let's say it was minus five, they would say, you're, you're pretty doggone stressed. You, you need to meditate, de-stress, change your lifestyle, make some more money or, or something okay, because your circumstances are putting stress and pressure on you. But here's what I want you to know as a believer. As a believer, you can endure almost any circumstance, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? If you're right with the Lord, full of His love, joy, peace, uh, saved, etc. So, on circumstances, if your circumstances are not life or death, but they're a big negative to you, you may be too externally focused. Okay? So yeah, your circumstances are important, but if you're okay internally, you're going to tend to be exter okay externally unless, again, you're in kind of a life or death or extremely high pressure situation. Okay? Alright, so I would put that on the line and go back to the four criteria. How often does it occur? How big is it when it occurs? Etc. Your circumstances. Um, uh, second, overall health. Now, if you want to put like your number one specific health problem, that's fine too. So put one, one place on the line for overall health and then one place for like your biggest health issue. And then if you want to bring in those four diagnostic criteria, uh, that's fine. You can do it for both of them. You can do it just for overall, whatever feels good to you. And by the way, sometimes I don't do this on like a writing it on a line. I'll just kind of do it in my head and imagination. But even if you do it that way, I would make some notation so that you'll know next time where you were last time. And again, people who track this stuff, they heal faster than people who don't track it. Alright? Uh, number eight is huge. Relationships. So, again, I think I would put a line on here for just minus 10 to plus 10 overall relationships. Maybe that's a plus two or whatever. For most people, it's not way up here. Uh, for most people, it's not way down here either. Uh, most people are, I would say, from about minus 9 to about plus 2 on this one. 
at least when they first come to me or us. So I would put overall and then maybe your biggest negative one and then put George or Mary or that represents that. And then if you want to bring in the four diagnostic criteria to apply to relationship, that's great too. So you can pull it apart, uh, track that over time. Number nine, your habits. Now, and 10 is addictions. So how do, I, how do I distinguish between habits and addictions? I would say a habit is probably a minus three, okay? Minus three or less, meaning minus three, minus two, minus one, or it wouldn't be on the positive if you consider it a negative habit, but probably minus three, minus two, minus one, or zero for a habit. An addiction would be minus four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? And the biggest difference in these two is a habit you feel like you have con some, some control over. I can do that or not. I'm not being held captive or bondage or in bondage to sugar or reading a book or pornography or whatever it is. Okay? So I'm not in bondage, but it's a negative that I would like to, you know, shift from that to something else that I feel is a little more healthy and maybe a little more not working against myself and my own health and happiness, okay? And then addictions, you've got to heal these or they will pull down your whole life all by themselves, okay? So if you have something in your life that has control of you instead of you kind of having control of it and you know it, and you know I really need to change that, I would call that an addiction. And bring in the four criteria, plot them on the line, and if it's, if it's a minus three or less, then write it as a habit, not an addiction. Okay? And then, uh, pray, pray about them, go to Revelation 1, uh, do the profiling on it, do the love explosion protocol, plug it in if you want, or just just pray and ask God to heal these things but but ask regularly and and pray without ceasing and seek God regularly ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you oh uh, and that's exactly what Psalm 139 says lead me in the everlasting way rather than the way you found in my heart or mind that is a harmful way either to other people or myself or the kingdom or the church or whatever. All right? So uh, that's it for this week. So this was last week, and you would do the exact same thing. So if you missed last week, you probably don't need to watch last week. You can do it from this week. And then this week, these are the issues we're adding. All right? And we've got ten more. Five will be next week. Five will be the week after that. And I believe those 20 will be just about any problem that you could have in your life. So this will be a, a way, another way, that you can understand that problem and then try to heal it, fix it, transform it, change it, ask God to change it, give it to God, the battle is His, etc. But if you just keep going, same old, same old, you know, not the examined life, the unexamined life, 
and doing the definition of insanity, expecting different results while doing the same thing, or the AA thing, doing the same thing, and but believing I'm going to get different results than I've been getting ever since I started doing that thing, which makes no sense. All three of those, okay? Um, this is the opposite of that. This is examining your life. This is looking for harmful ways in yourself and giving them to God, confessing to God, repenting of that. And yeah, changing to do your best to come out of that, to heal it, to change your ways, but probably realizing you can't do it just in your own willpower. So yeah, you need to, to do what you can do but ask God for His help, His leading and guiding, for Him to take the battle. Uh, give it to the Lord, 2 Corinthians 4.10, and the Lord can move to the forefront of your life, manifesting your physical body, etc. Okay? So, um, these are the first ten. And you know what? We're presenting all of these, all twenty, in like four weeks. There's no way, I, I don't think, you can deal with all 20 in four weeks. Now, that's why I keep saying for most of you, there's going to be two or three of these that are way bigger than the others. And for now, just start with those. And even, even beyond those two or three, just start with the first one, the one that's the biggest. Okay? But understand, in these 20, you could probably work for five years on these 20 things in order to get them, you know, if they are pretty good in the negative to you, over to the positive and have them stay there. Alright? Now, a lot of our interventions, the, uh, the energy stuff that we've got 14 double-blind studies on, one comparison study, etc., that stuff tends to work faster than just regular psychology or medicine or whatever in my experience, and that's what the studies found as well, that's why I walked away from my private practice because I can work with someone with these things and it take five or ten minutes versus an hour for three years. or Well, six months to three years, okay? So, um, I believe this is a more efficient way than a lot of the ways for mental health, emotional well-being, counseling therapy, life coaching, that sort of thing. But again, that's a different issue to me from going to the Lord with these and just asking Him to heal them. And, and if you did not hear this episode, and I think it's in several episodes, please understand that from my perspective, my 1 through 10, as far as what's most effective, is prayer. The other stuff we've talked about that I've given you to work on these things that are sort of uh, practical. Well, not that, not that prayer's not practical. Pra prayer's more practical than anything. So practical's not the right word. A more hands-on um, way to, to start healing these things. Uh, man, always give God a chance to work first. Okay? Always, I do, and, and recommend it to every one of my clients, always give God a chance to work first, all right? But 
I do believe that scripturally it is fine for us to use things that God made and put into nature for us. God made everything and said it was very good to use for good purposes. And healing is a good purpose. I would that you be in all good health and prosper. Direct quote from scripture. Okay? Uh, another scripture, if you take something God has made for good and use it for good while giving thanks and gratitude to God, you sanctify it. What does that mean? It means you clean it. You make it clean and pure and right. All right? And uh, I believe these things that we have taught you that we've been doing with people for 21 years, that those th are things that God has put into nature for us and our good. And we've talked about that a lot. I'm not going to go over all that again. Okay, but, but, uh, here's the, the second five, uh, and, and uh, up to 15, and then from 15 to 20, will come the next two weeks, all right? But remember, if you track this stuff, it heals faster, all right? And you don't have to do, I, I mean, you don't have to be a perfectionist and do all kinds of crazy things. Just, I mean, I told you, I kind of do it in my head and then just make a note or two, all right, to remind me when I come back the next thing. That's fine, but save all that stuff so you can go back later and, and see how it went for you, okay? All right. So uh, I hope this helps. Let us uh, give us your feedback. Let us know if you have questions, and have a wonderful, blessed day.